it's another edition of Musical Shenanigans. Here it is, show number eight, Vaudeville on Radio, brought to you in part by Sean. We're back in the Thunderdome, pitting albums against one another and posing as public defenders. Stick around as I completely screw up round two. And now, Corey, Dave, Scott, and your mom. Hello everyone, this is Corey. And this is Dave. And this is Scott. Praise Satan. Praise Satan. Here we are, show number eight. The second time around with the showdowns. Welcome back to Thunderdome. It's a hoedown. Oh, Corey, I thought we were beyond Thunderdome. Oh. Not when Tina Turner's involved, dude. Come on. No. <laughs> Dave, we don't need another hero. You gotta stop that nonsense. <laughs> Tonight, <laughs> today, or whenever it is you're listening, our first round of albums is going to be Eric B. and Rakim with Paid in Full against The Talking Heads. More songs about buildings and food. And in the second round, it will be Cat Stevens, T for the Tillerman, and The Birds, Mr. Tambourine Man. So, all right, here we are in round one. I will be defending Rakim and Eric B. And Dave will be defending Talking Heads. Look forward to hearing your argument, gentlemen. Please, uh, attorneys, lay out your cases. Who would like to go first? I'm happy to jump in and go first. All right, Dave, hit it. All right, so Talking Heads, more songs about buildings and food. So I, I actually listened to this album quite a bit in high school, actually. For me, the Talking Heads, the, their whole appeal for me as a kid was just the sheer weirdness of it all. You know, I was just fascinated by it. You didn't really know why it worked, but you couldn't really look away from it either. So the Talking Heads first came out in like 1970s New York punk scene. Uh, in fact, their first gig was actually opening for the Ramones at CBGB. Um, now, they were never really punk, but they still resonated with these punk audiences because, you know, like punk bands, they came out, they played with tons of energy. It was like a nervous energy. And a lot of that had to do with the stage presence of David Byrne. His vocals were stuttered and wild and disjointed. He's passionate, but he's disconnected. He's engaged, but he's confused. He dances like somebody who's heard stories about dancing, but never actually seen what it's supposed to look like. One critic actually described him as a front man who sang a tune called Psycho Killer and looked like he might not be joking. So this was their second album. It was their first collaboration with Brian Eno. And Eno really pushes their sound forward on this album. And that's easiest to see in their cover of uh, Take Me to the River by Al Green. Eno slows down the tempo. He turns up the volume on Tina Weymouth's bass and Chris Franz's drums. Mm. And they took this well-known R&B hit, deconstructed it down to its bare essentials, and then built it back up into something totally new. The band comes out with a much more danceable sound, but they still keep that nervous, weird, outsider vibe and that punk sense. Uh, and in the process, they ended up sort of pioneering new all of New Wave by bringing punk together with funk and world music. And so while I originally just loved the music, coming back to it 30 years later, I actually have to agree with something I read on Salon.com, uh, who referred to this album as, quote, the funkiest nervous breakdown record ever made. And I yield. To tack on there, I too, I felt that it was very funky and almost like it was in a way a precursor to Prague in a lot of sense, in, in a huge yeah. sense. There's a lot of Prague elements. Tina Weymouth's bass playing is way underrated way like way super underrated she's an amazing player that that shit blew me away her playing alone was just like wow i wasn't gonna be as uh pretentious as last time you know i did the iamic pentameter it was rather gauche and then i listened to this album and i thought no rakim deserves 
iambic pentameter. Wow. Post-production Corey, start the Renaissance music again. Of rhyme of verse of verbosity grace, Rakim the stage verily takes and owns. Whilst Eric B. drops beats and scratched vinyl, Rakim performs new masterful wordplay. Unbeknownst to rappers in his day, a great pioneer in internal rhymes, multisyllabic rhymes, complexity, I doth say, of literate imagery. Influence in hip-hop to this day thus. For Rakim is but deemed the god MC. Tis in the name for the sun god himself. For in his light, descending rappers bask, applying rhymes and poetic word. Rappers hence, duplication attempted. Of an Icarus they ascend quite close. The Kanye of Emu, flight taketh not. This duo, a binary star system, Rakim is but Simon, Hall, and Michael. Eric, B. Art, John, Andrew, respectively. Sample sounds, progressions, and regressions. Tis Mesopotamia of hip-hop. Paid in full, album of great note, I say. Greater than others to this very date. Oh, but across the mat lies heads talking. More songs of building and of food about. For tis familiar and renowned here. Among us few, we know David Byrne well. Pyromaniac inflamed dementia. Torching his own abode, yet quite unsure. Is it his dear spouse? Is it his abode? Tis no disco, tis no party, tis this. An uncivilized, uncivilized life. The other vinyl, to his name, tis better. Betwixt the buildings and the Egyptian, the burnishing god on high, Rakim, heads talking in darkened shadows, doth lie. I yield. Stunning, sir. Stunning. Yes. Absolutely. That, you yeah. Know, you know, to, to add on to, to you, I felt that that album, the Eric B. and Rakim, honestly, it surprised me when I listened to it. I don't know why I hadn't heard it before. I, I have your pastry. Baklava, a lot of delicate, precise layers. Mm. Right you are, sir. Yes. Right you are. My choice, interestingly enough, I was going to say bourbon walnut pie. Mm. But see, again, the, the, the layering of flavors, more nuts. It, it Definitely the, the honey, that... A talking heads a fruitcake there's a lot going oh, on in there that, that's yeah, honestly what you're talking about you're talking about david byrne that's not really an insult honestly that's i don't accurate. i know i don't mean it as an insult i actually like fruitcake fruitcake with the cement mixer thrown in maybe but mm. yeah or maybe fruitcake that tastes like like a cement mixer but only right. if kenny loggins is there i really i mean i'll be honest i really enjoyed listening to rakim rap on that album yeah as long as he was talking and going at it i could listen all day long i did not see the great fun about Eric B's record scratching and samples and all that. There were three instrumentals. It got a little bit much at a certain point, I felt. Those were a bit much, yeah. Some of the sounds, though, that Eric B was doing are things that I have heard later in Beastie Boys, in Public Enemy, and in oh. NWA. Yeah, that's true. I That's mean, true. a lot of what he was doing and the different sounds and the different, he had like a different kind of like echo for the vocals going. This album was 1987. Yes. So this, this is a huge precursor to a lot of that stuff. And a lot of people considered it to be a precursor to modern 90s rap. It is. Before that. I think so. It was more about just the rhyming. And one article I read was more about, you know, getting a lot of the hip hop was about the audience mm. participation. Yeah. Getting the people to sing about the roof. Right, right. Well, and it was and it was a lot of it was a lot of like high energy screaming stuff yeah. too. I mean, I mean, Run, Run DMC was really kind of yelling the whole time. Yeah, and then Rakim kind of comes in and he's just kind of like smooth talking through it. He's he doesn't get if one of the I, I guess he was a sax player and he was really actually a big jazz fan and so his style was heavily influenced by Ooh. they just kind of laid back, do what you need to do, don't don't try to 
sort of steal the mic or steal the spotlight too much. He almost became a quarterback. And in an interview, he talks really? about, yes, how he was going to go off to college and, and be a quarterback. He says, you know, taking command of the word was like taking command of the field. That's good. I get that. Brilliant with words. Yeah. So I had not heard a lot of this stuff prior to doing this podcast. But when I first heard Eminem, one of the things that impressed me and jumped out at me was he wasn't just doing this thing where he's doing rhyming couplets and like maybe the last two syllables of each line rhyme with the next last two syllables next he's doing this complex stuff where he's lining up damn near every syllable in the sentence to every syllable of the following line it wasn't until listening to this that i i heard you know rakim doing largely the same thing and really kind of inventing that style i didn't realize uh, that's where yeah. it started yeah he was he was very much the innovator at, of that time and it, it's interesting to me that this album doesn't get as much you, you don't hear as much about it no it's like oh, oh yeah you hear, i, I you had hear, never heard of it you hear a lot about you know, the Beastie's first album. You hear a lot about Run DMC's first album. Cool Mo D. I mean, we didn't yeah. have Boogie Down Productions either. And no, that we was didn't. great. Right. right. And credit and credit to Rakim for twice he references uh, Champagne and he pronounces <laughs> Moet correctly. <laughs> because it is, in fact, Moet and not Moet, despite what you may have heard. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll take a commercial here while you... you uh Deliberate in chambers. Oh, so our, our new sponsor this week is Slick Sean's Septic Sucking Clinic. If you act now, um, you'll get a 10% off uh, discount with if you mention our podcast. And at Slick Sean's Septic Sucking Clinic, he will teach you the ins and outs of septic sucking and self septic sucking. Never again wonder what hose goes where. Not sure where to start? Slick Sean will get you started on the right end of the pipe. No more messy dribbles. Not sure how to maintain it? Slick Sean will sell you all the chemicals you need to run a one slick septic system and of course if your pipes are clogged slick sean will use his amazing machines to slurp out your septic lines until they are free of any blockages he makes sure they swallow it all do yourself a favor and call slick sean septic sucking clinic today bonded slick sick and slightly sketchy but always stretchy slick sean's for all your sewage needs we have made our verdict i know you can't see this i have a Pink Baphomet talking to me, and she is going to deliver the verdict. So yes, I I found that um, I'm I'm actually going to say Eric B and Rakim. Um, that's <sighs> that, I, that I, you know as much as I like the Heads, I feel there were better albums. Um, I you know what I I can't I can't argue with that yeah, point. You know, there were better and, albums. And honestly, Eric B and Rakim, that was just that that was that had more oomph. It had more punch. That one wins. That makes me two. And oh. <laughs> yeah, dis- disappointed, but not upset. Yes. All right, so one thing we didn't cover last week, Paid in Full ranked number 61, mm. and The Talking Heads ranked at number 364. So yeah, we really? kind of aligned yeah, I, on this one. Yeah, I, that, that was kind of all the more reason, though, I was hoping for the upset, because it was such a big spread. Because we, we didn't mention it uh, last week. Uh, we actually had an upset last week, technically, uh, in that the clash overtook Frank Ocean and, and Rolling Stone had them higher. Now, the reason I say technically is because the clash was 81 and Frank Ocean was 79. So they wasn't that, frankly, that's kind of a toss up between the two. So it wasn't that big of an upset. Uh, I was hoping for a bigger one this time, but damn it, yeah. I couldn't get it done. And on to round two, Cat Stevens and the Birds. Scott, I will allow Ooh. you to go first this time. Baby, baby, it's a wild world. Uh, yeah. 
Okay, well, um, Cat Stevens. Honestly, I felt like I'd smoked a giant bowl of meth, and it was shitty meth, and it was mixed with DMT, and the resulting hallucinations were both profound and beautiful. His songwriting is at once haunting, yet punctual, in the sense that he brings it all, it, it feels timely even now, and that's an older album. We're talking about T for the Tillerman, of course. I saw him as, in a sense, he was a precursor to a lot of early 2000 era songwriters or, or, or not or late 90s like Tori Amos Kate Bush that you know and Kate Bush was older but still I think Stevens was and still is he's 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 a, he's a great artist he's an amazing writer almost every song on that album is just there there's a little piece of perfection in there from gospel slash kind of an Americana sound that he gets on some of those songs. I think he was Americana before it was even a term. Some call him pop, but I, I kind of see him, I see the beginnings of a more story-focused writer on that album. Honestly, as as far as like a baked good, God, what did I have for him? Oh yeah, it was more like blueberry pie. And I realize that's, that's very kind of pedestrian sounding, but a truly good blueberry pie. I love a good pie. blueberry pie. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Everybody loves a fucking good blueberry pie, and he's a really fucking good blueberry pie. I yield. Perfect. All right. Dave? Corey? Proceed. Uh, what am I proceeding with? Because actually, I had you down as making the argument for the other album. No, you were making the argument. That's what was I, I? That's what I thought. I thought Corey was doing the birds. Oh, you thought I was doing the birds? Well, Somebody we did. We did. So the first time we did. Oh, okay. We did, right. I, I, I judged, then Corey, then Scott, yeah. then yeah. back through the cycle. Right. So okay. It was... Well, I guess this is going to be a little free form. <clears throat> Just let it flow like Rakim. All okay. right, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Since since this is definitely okay, we had a little breakdown in communication. We'll we'll both throw our thoughts into the mix. I, I I do have some notes on this album. So this album, I have to say, I was thoroughly impressed with Roger McGuinn's time travel ability in this album to go forward and bring back some Tom Petty songs. You're not wrong, right? I mean, so this is this is a group of guys who sort of took folk music of the 60s, which had just up to that point had been largely just like slow acoustic protest songs. And they started trying to bridge this gap between folk and rock and roll and what the Beatles were doing. And it really did, it really kind of is the birth of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers as well as like a lot of other artists that came along. R.E.M. kind of co-opted that sound. Wilco kind of co-opted that sound. I will tell you, I'm not a huge fan of the birds specifically, but it was highly influential in that regard. We do not have Tom Petty without the birds. Right. And Dylan, which is interesting because you have Mr. Tambourine Man, which is a Bob Dylan song, which the birds did, which probably then influenced Tom Petty. And then that is all wraps up when they get back together for the traveling Wilburys. Dude, there were four there were four Dylan covers on that album. Yes. <laughs> yes. Half half the album was covers and two of the tracks they didn't even play their own instruments yeah. on. Was this another one that was done by the wrecking crew? Exactly. Uh, other exactly. than Ro- so, other than Roger McGuinn and his definitive, you know, guitar sound, which did get a little repetitive. Oh, I agree, totally agree. But yeah, the, the back to the Wrecking Crew. So when they I guess when they first got their recording contract, the producer did not think they were musically ready to be in the studio and record. So that's why they bought in the Wrecking Crew. And after they got the first two tracks down, then they said, "Look, we really want to do this ourselves." It led to this myth that they didn't play any instruments on the whole album, but it was actually just those first two tracks. There is an album that came out in 91 called Back From Rio. I really like this album. And then the one interesting thing I found about his solo album was at the end of this Birds album, there's a song, We'll Meet Again, 
made popular by Vera Lynn in, in the 30s. Correct. At the end well, of meet again. and at the end of his album, he has a song if if we never meet again. Ah, a little bookend. Yeah, there. a little book, bookend. Tell you, let me tell you my my thought on what I thought. See, I called them the jangles because that sound of the guitar, that jangle, jangle, jangle sound. Every track I went to, I'd go to the first track, jangle, jangle, jangle. Second track, jangle, jangle, jangle. Third track, jangle, jangle, jangle. Yeah, that's the that's the twelve string guys. It, it sounds like Pamela Anderson and Bob Dylan took a shit on David Crosby's face and just never let up. What the fuck? It just didn't how make do you sense. Know, how, do you know what, how do you know what that sounds yeah. like? But as long as maybe you throw in at the same time he's it's, creating a sperm sample for Melissa Etheridge. He was. He was. The only good thing he ever did with his life. Um, but curdled key lime pie was my... Oof, yeah. that's, that's made, not, by, made by Pam Anderson, of course. And probably she's not really rock. known for her uh, baking skills. No, no, she's not. She's not no. really known for much these days. And she slept with Kid Rock, so <laughs> I don't. I don't keep abreast of her anymore. <laughs> who who would? She's she's no longer a double D now. She's just a Hep C. All right, so so Dave, you kind of get to deliberate on on your own comments as well. Take a moment, think about that, and we'll... Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. I'm supposed to be ruling on these. Um, Usually, the cat wins in this kind of duel. You know, I always hated fucking Tweety Bird. I was always Team Sylvester. Even though when you hear that soft, melodic acoustic guitar, my, bird up. my inner Bluto wants to come out and smash it. But, you know, Cat Stevens is not the frat boy sitting on the on the stairs playing the only three chords he knows and trying to, oh, no. you know, play off Margaritaville to get laid. No, no. Speaking of, like, the cartoon thing, somebody on Twitter today, it was supposed to be an employee at the Acme Corporation <laughs> saying to his manager, some dog in Arizona wants to buy, wants to buy a rocket launcher. You know what? I'm just going to send him one of the shit. <laughs> all right so uh we'll we'll uh we'll take a break here and uh we'll we'll come back with the verdict all right so as scott mentioned earlier our sponsor this week is uh sean's super septic clinic and they're they're fantastic i my only regret is i wish i'd called them a little bit earlier anyway we got these low flow toilets in our house you know they're supposed to conserve water that drill only works if they actually flush efficiently and after your third or fourth visit to big richards a low flow toilet is basically like bringing a knife to a gunfight i flush and i flush again and i flush again and it's not doing the job and i go to reach for a plunger i mean this is this is not a job for a plunger we're kind of talking pickaxe territory at this point i don't know what to do so i get in the car and i clean myself up and head down to home depot partly just to put some distance between me and the problem but then i get to home depot and i get to where they keep the drain cleaners and there's this product there that it's like well i I mean, I, the label's actually mostly in Chinese, but there are a couple of English words, and I can make out super number one poo attack and fast stop stink emergency and deep penetrate hole open, and I, I'm guessing this is what I need. So I go home, I pour in what I'm expecting to be liquid, but it actually comes out like these little crystals, and I can't read the Chinese instructions to know how much you're supposed to use, so I just dump the whole box in. You know that scene in Willy Wonka where the fat German kid gets sucked up the pipe and there's all that melted chocolate behind him and it builds up the pressure until he finally just kind of shoots upward? It goes straight up to the ceiling where that exhaust fan is. I mean, the shit literally hits the fan. Anyway, Sean comes out, pulls the lid off my second tank. and I mean, it looked like a woolly mammoth had fallen into La Brea tar pits. So bottom line, don't be like me. Call Sean. Have him come out and inspect your system before you have a problem. Uh, he is a great guy and he will definitely help you get your shit together. All right. All right. Let's uh 
Let's go back to the show now. I have a time time to entertain uh, Scott's argument and think about sort of the collective mind meld of, of Corey and myself there, since we weren't really prepared to do this. For me, kind of listening to these two albums, I, I, I've never been a huge fan of either one of these acts. Uh, so it was kind of difficult for me. I will say T for the Tillerman on the whole was, I, I'd only ever heard that closing the title track. It's not a great song in my opinion. I didn't expect the rest of the album, however, to be as good as it was going to be. The Birds ought to win this just based on their influence, like we were talking about earlier with, you know, Tom Petty and R.E.M. and Wilco and all these bands. This is about the albums. We're pitting albums against one another. And so, yeah, I got to, much to my surprise, I got to go with Cat Stevens on this one. All right. We uh, we accept this loss together. Yes, It's a loss, though, that'll come to an end when, you know, Guns N' Roses goes up against Cat Stevens and that'll be a massacre. The rankings of these albums, Cat Stevens was at 205 and the Birds were at 287. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So once again, we have aligned with Rolling yes, Stone by putting Cat Stevens <laughs> over over the birds. Yeah, rightly so. I'm sorry. The, 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 the birds just, like I said, you know, it, it felt like Kenny Loggins and Pamela Anderson's love child with David Crosby. They had this weird three-way thing going on, and it was gross, and somebody took a dump, and that was a song for them. And it wasn't pretty. I mean, and then somebody set it on fire, and there is in the middle of the studio, and Bob Dylan's like, I read some lyrics about it now, yeah. And they were all like, yeah, it's fucking great. But that's the, yeah, fucking, let's put some jangly guitar over it. Perfect. I rest my case. You know, you already won, right? I don't know. I don't. I just. I just felt that needed to be said. The birds. That's that loss is on me. All right. So the next. The next. David Crosby albums, will be contacting you about that. Yes, I. I will be dealing with with David Crosby. Okay. Yes, but we. But we. But we do know. Staying. Stay, stay in order here. We do know that on the next show, Corey will be judging round one. Scott will be judging round two. Yes. Round one will be Portishead with the album Ooh. Dummy. Up against Kate Bush, Hounds of Love. Hounds of Love. Oh, fun. And then round two will be the Zombies, Odyssey and Oracle up against A Tribe Called Quest, The Low End Theory. Ooh. So we're definitely going to be mixing it up. All right. A Tribe so- Called Quest. <laughs> All right, folks, so uh, join us next time for the next Head to Head. Thunderdome! <laughs> head style. to Head with Tina Turner! Thanks for coming out. We'll, uh, fine, fine. We'll see you next time on Bye. Hi, Baphometus will be the judge of this. And you, Scott, will... Scott, Scott, do you, do, you, do you know how a podcast works, yeah, Scott? Scott? Only Scott does a visual joke on a radio show. <laughs> he is the Owen help, ladies and gentlemen. Just just walk with me, okay? For fuck's sake. Wow, guys. Damn. Way to take the wind out of a dude's sails. <laughs> My cohort here. Baphomagus will decide! Once again. Once again, nobody can see that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> fuck... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes, yeah, sometimes, man. Baklava! Baklava! We like baklava. We like Kenny Loggins, too. Bring Kenny Loggins to me naked and set him on fire. We want him set on fire. Everybody must set Kenny Loggins on fire. I don't know why I'm doing this. It wins! It is the winner! Kenny Loggins will fly! He's like a dura flame. We will burn him for 